And good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm Len Tillum. I'm a lawyer. News Talk 910, you got legal problems? Hey, I just told you, I'm a lawyer. You got legal problems? You call them in free. News Talk 910, they pay for the lawyer. They pay for the phone call. It's a toll-free number. 866-536-1000. You got that? 866-536-1000. Any kind of legal problems you got, you call it in. I've got David Brown, another lawyer, doing research. I mean, can't beat the price, right? Free. Free. You can't beat the price. I don't want no credit cards. Don't bring your pink slip. I don't need your significant other. You got, you give up, you gotta, you've got to give up the story. We love that story. You call it in right now. 866-536-1000. Hey, let's start this show right now. Andrew in Nevada. Len, tell him, Andrew, how come you're calling a lawyer? Oh, gosh. Well, thank you so much. I'm calling because I'm having problems with uh, my rental agent. What's the we story? Well, we rented a house in June. We signed a one-year lease. And in December 10th, the hot water main broke and flooded the entire house. And we had to move out into a hotel. And we just got back on Saturday. And then on Tuesday evening, we had a flood again. And when they came to fix it, they came to say that it was this time, it wasn't the water main, it was the water line that goes to the back of the refrigerator, which I personally had actually just screwed it on because they hadn't put it on. I just screwed it in. Yeah. And so they're say, trying to say that it was my fault. And I said, well, we need to get a refrigerator technician out here to prove that. And they wouldn't do that. I said, well, I'm going to do that. So I did, and the technician came out and said, oh, there's nothing wrong. The, well, the way he screwed it in is perfectly fine. The valve itself it was put together wrong and is faulty, and that's why it leaked. Now, wait a second. The house flooded December right 2012 because a pipe broke that wasn't your fault where that did you wasn't our fault where did you live when that when when the pipe broke you know that first one where'd you go you couldn't live there while they were cleaning it up where did you live we had to stay in a hotel how much was the hotel um well it was from december it was probably about three thousand five hundred altogether right now he owes me one thousand eight hundred and seventy four dollars so he paid part of the three grand but he still owes you eighteen hundred seventy four dollars right because i paid the hotel with my credit card and he's supposed to reimburse me and he told you he would okay now 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 there's another flood can you live there or it's uninhabitable again we can live there. It, well, I caught it real early, so it didn't do all that terrible damage. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, look, you didn't cause the flood. You know, if you attached the ice maker water line incorrectly and it broke or came off and water spilled everywhere, that could be your fault. You could be responsible. But you've got an expert who said you didn't cause the flood, you know, so it's on the landlord. Um, That's what I'm hoping, but he seems who want to hold back the money until they come to some kind of decision with the insurance company whether I'm liable or not. And I'm like... No, no, no. You, you, you say to them, look... has nothing to do with this situation. You say, look, I'm, pay, I'm paying interest right now. I'm paying interest on my credit card. You got to give me that money and we'll resolve the other one, you know. Look, your landlord has homeowner's insurance, doesn't he? Why does he want yeah. you to pay for the flood damage? It's up... To, see... The insurance company, he's BSing you. Here's another thing. 
He's got homeowner's insurance, and his insurance will pay for the flood damage. If the insurance company, not the landlord, decides it was your fault, it's up to the insurance company that paid to fix the property. They could sue you. It's called subrogation. You follow me on that? So he's BSing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, And so here's what you do. You've got to sue this guy in small claims court, the landlord. You say, look... Again, let me say that. It's up to the insurance company to sue me. They're going to pay it in a subrogation. Write that word down. You'll sound smart to the landlord. Subrogation action. S-U-B-R-O-G-A-T-I-O-N. Subrogation. Got that. And if you don't pay me, I'm going to sue you in small claims court. And if he tries to evict you, you know, because you sue him because he doesn't pay off your hotel bill, it's a retaliatory eviction. He can't do it. So you, well, that's my next question. What if he decides just not to renew our lease and well, gives that, you no reason? Can he do that? Yeah, wait wait a second. When's your lease up? In June? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, he could do that. He, he may be able to, but you could say it's retaliatory eviction. Don't even worry about that. Right now, you know, Visa is charging you 24%. They're worse than the mafia on the 1800 bucks that's still left on your credit card. Right? That's fact. Yes. Yeah. So you get the money from the landlord, and if he doesn't, you sue him in small claims court, and we'll worry about what happens in June, you know, five months from now, when it comes, if he evicts you, all right? Okay. Call well, me up. So you- I listen to you on your other station, now I catch you on 910. You're, you're really helpful. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Tell a friend, all right, will you? And you go tell the landlord, give me the money, or I'm going to sue you in small claims court, and... If the insurance company decides it's my fault, they can sue me. But don't give me this crap of you holding it off. He's just trying to rip you off. You got it? I got it. Thank you. You're welcome. Len Tillum, you got problems? 866-536-1000. We got answers. And if you got no problems, stick around. The universe will give you a kick in the rear end, and then you'll need a lawyer. In the meantime, you can enjoy the stories. I know you. You can get off on other people's miseries. You sit there, you go cluck, cluck, cluck like a chicken. Cluck, cluck, cluck. I'm so glad I don't have those troubles. My life is better. Get off on it. Don't worry. Soon you'll get yours. I guarantee it. Sarah in Redwood City. Len, tell him, Sarah, why you calling a lawyer. Hi. Thanks for talking to me. Um, About 12 years ago, I received a DUI. I was 20 years old. And now I'm 32, and I'm applying for teaching jobs. And all of them ask for if I have had a misdemeanor. Do I have to put that down? Do you have to disclose it? Is this a public school teaching job? Yes. There are two kinds. Okay, let me explain it to you. There are two kinds of employer background checks in California. Mm -hmm. And by the way, let me go back. You're you're also off probation. It's over. It's been more than 10 years, right? It's been 12 years. So you should apply to get this conviction expunged. You got that? Okay. You, you can do that. It's easy to do. I'll talk about that later. But there are two kinds of employer background checks in California. The normal kind reports convictions only if they're less than seven years old. And if you apply for a non-government job, your conviction won't come up. But if you apply for any state government job with kids in a library or working for any cops, you know, a state, the drunk driving conviction will come up on their record check no matter how old it is and even if you get it expunged by the court you still got to tell them about it so you're going to be a school teacher working with minor kids they're very worried about that nowadays you know child molesting violence whatever it is they're worried about the kids you know so they're going to do a complete check on you 
Sarah, it's not the end of the world that you got a drunk driver when you were 20. You've been clean and sober. You haven't got any drunks, you know, in 12 years. Your life is good. So tell the truth. Say, yes, it was this. And that's it, you know? Okay? Okay. Um, so it won't the, stop you I'm... from getting a job or a license. Lots of people get drunk drivers. It's not moral turpitude to have gotten a drunk driver. You know, if you were arrested when you were 21 for indecent exposure or some kind of weird kind of crime like that, or even shoplifting, they might look at it a little differently. But a drunk driver happens. What's your question? Okay. Um, so they did do fingerprints for me, and I, I have gone through all that through Sacramento. When, when you and applied so, for the job and they said, do you have any prior convictions, did you say no? I... I did not. Because that's no, a lie. They, they won't like that. Okay. When the question I, came up, have you had any prior misdemeanor convictions, what did you write? I put down um, yes when we did. I did the fingerprinting. Good. And what about the other? any other applications you wrote no convictions? Yes, I did. When? Because when? I was advised that after seven years that it's not on your record. Uh, you so better, you better call it. them up. You got it? You better call them up and correct that before they catch it. Okay. You understand? Okay. Correct them because they're not going to like that. You said, I thought it was a seven-year thing and it's not on my record and it's gone. You follow me on that? Okay. All right? Thank you. Uh, but tell and then how do I get it expunged? Or but, does it even matter? No, no, you can get it. it. It's good to get it expunged. It's nice to say, yeah, I had a drunk driver, but the court threw it out. What county did you get your drunk driver in? San Mateo. you got to go to the San Mateo courts or any courts. They've got forms. The probation department has it. The clerk has it. They have forms to get a conviction expunged. You don't need no lawyer. You fill out the papers. It goes to the court. They'll look at it. This woman's 32. She got a drunk at 20. It's been more than 10 years. No other priors. No other problems. And they'll probably just expunge it. But I'm not kidding. It's really important that you contact, I don't know, the Board of Education or whoever, you know, PERS, whoever you filled out that application. Who would you give the application to that said no drunk drivers or no misdemeanors? It, it was online. Correct so. it. See if you can go okay. and correct it. Just correct it. You want to tell them the truth before they find it out. Got it? Okay, thank you because so Because that's something, you know, lying on an application is something that can make them more berserk than having a drunk driver that's 12 years old. Okay. Right? And you've worked too hard all your life, and you got your credential, and you went to college. You want to be a school teacher and work with those crazy little kids. Too bad for you, but go do it, all right? Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> Wait and see. I was a school teacher for years in, in back a long time ago in New York City in Bedford-Stuyvesant. This was in 68 and 69. That's how I avoided getting drafted into Vietnam. I became a school teacher. It was a deferment. I didn't want to go to Canada or anything. And it was the hardest work I ever did. I'd have to come home every day and take a nap. It's so hard to be a teacher. But, um, well, I have little kids, so I don't get to take a nap. <laughs> yeah, no, all right. Good luck to you, Sarah. Clean up that uh, application. Really? Um, there you go. You got legal problems. We've got legal answers. 866-536-1000. What do you do? Listen to this. What do you do when you have two landlords and both of them want a rent check? How do you do that? We're going to talk about that. We got legal problems solved here and great stories. Stick around. Len Tillum, News Talk 910. I'm a lawyer. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. 866-536-1000. Janine in Millbrae. Len Tillam, Janine, how come you're calling a lawyer? Hi, Len. Um, 
I'm stuck in between two landlords. What's um, the story? I rent from a landlord right now, um, and she's kind of an absentee landlord. There's all kinds of problems. Whatever problem you can think of, we have. Tell me the problems. Plumbing, electrical, um, heating, just flooding. She don't fix nothing, right? She doesn't fix anything. Nothing, yeah. And but they like to take the rent, right? She takes the rent. So your landlord's a slumlord. She is a slumlord. Mold problems? Mold. Gas leak, stuff like that? Uh, Gas leak in the kitchen. Bugs? Um, Ants everywhere. How much is your rent? Twenty-two hundred. Why do you live there? Twenty-two hundred. Um, Come on. Why do you live there in, in a hole like that? You live alone. Well, we're we're kind of we're I'm, we're kind of stuck. I okay. mean, we like the location because the kids go to school close by. It's All right. Convenient. Do they so fix? Does the landlord, when you complain enough, fix the ants and the nothing. gas? Nothing. Nothing. You have to fix them yourself. Everything. We fixed everything from day one. We fixed everything in the house. And if you've made demands to them. I know this is not what you're called about, but let me just add this. If you write them in writing about the problems, these are habitability problems, and they don't fix them, you can fix them yourself and deduct it from the rent as long as We've the- done that. Oh, We've you have? She's thre- uh, we did it one time in three years, and she's threatened- No, no, no. We deducted it. She just had a fit. Let her have a fit. Screw her where she sleeps. Who cares about her, that dog? You know what I mean? Let her drop dead. Who cares? So what I'm saying is- God, I hate people like that. Wait, 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 wait. You deduct it. She can't evict you. It's a retaliatory eviction. So you just deduct it. You fix the problem. You send her a letter in writing, and you say, fix the problem. It's a habitability issue. And if you don't fix it, I will. And as long as the cost of repair doesn't cost more than one month, you can- So what her demands are is that we get three estimates- I work. No, you don't have to get, get one estimate. Let her demand what she estimates. wants. That's not you. You tell her if you're going to fix it, you get three estimates. I'm fixing. There's no requirement. She makes that stuff up. You understand? Right. There's no, no requirement that she gets. You get three estimates. Really? Right. I, I know. She's she's unreasonable. She's but, horrible. Please go on. So she she hasn't paid. I get a call the other day from her sister that lives in North Carolina. She has not paid the mortgage since November. No, wait, wait, wait. So, Who owns the place? The, both the sisters. A oh. sister in California and a sister in North Carolina. So wait a minute. The sister in California. Who signed the lease for you? The sister in California, the slumlord. I got it. And the sister in North Carolina really doesn't care about your problem. She just cares about not getting money or the mortgage is not paid. Yeah, she left it up to her sister. Please take care of it. I'm in North Carolina. I can't take care of it. Can you please take care of it? So now yes, the yes, one, yes. now the sister in North Carolina, what does she want? She called me and said my sister has not paid the mortgage in four months. I've been paying the mortgage. She has a lawyer. I called her lawyer. Her lawyer says, don't worry. We're going to take care of everything. Um, Send the rent check to North Carolina because California landlord is not paying the rent. Wait a minute. The North Carolina landlord told you, the 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 lawyer lawyer. for the North Carolina sister told you that? He is here in Redwood City. Wait, listen to me. her lawyer. Okay. I'm not either one's lawyer. I'm your lawyer. Here's what you should do. You should write checks to the sister who signed the lease, not the other sister. The property is owned by both sisters. So therefore, they each have what's called an undivided interest. They each own an undivided half. It's not like one owns the kitchen and one owns the bedrooms. Mm -hmm. Because they have an undivided interest as co-tenants, either of them can possess the entire property separately or together, and either of them can sign the lease for the other. You got that? You want me to say that again? Um. 
Yeah, go ahead. All right. And by the way, all of you, if you go to lentillum.com and you go to my webpage, or you can listen to all these calls again. Because I know I, I, people say, gee, the show is really, somebody said, I heard Len Tillum. I learned so much. And, and they say, well, what did he say? And you say, I don't know. He talks so fast. So, but here's the story. Each sister has an undivided interest. Mm-hmm. Okay. That means that either one can sign the lease separately or together. Okay. So if the sister who did not sign the lease tries to evict you and that's all they can do you could file an answer i'll help you for nothing with the court and you can show them that you made the rent payments in time they're not going to evict you she doesn't she wants us to say north carolina sister is now in the picture is now doesn't know that any of this has been going on no you don't understand wait wait you don't understand you say to the North Carolina sister, I'd love to give it to you. You say to the lawyer, don't be a jerk to the lawyer. You say, I'd love to give it to you, but I've signed the lease with the California sister, and that's who I have to pay it to. Got it? Okay. Let them work it out, because I got news for you. They got the same mother and father, and I bet you the one in North Carolina is just as much of a cheap bitch as the one in California. Right? <laughs> Uh, I, it doesn't seem like it. That's that's the thing. It doesn't seem like it. Well, and, what and will I, happen? What will happen if you give David? Help me on this. If she gives the rent to the sister in North Carolina, couldn't the California sister evict her or not? Yes, David says it. So you got two lawyers. Yes, the California sister could start trouble. You know, he, well, actually, oh, you know what? Wait, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second. So you'd rather let, all right, strike that. Never mind. I'm going to give you another lawyer answer. Okay. Okay. You would rather give the rent to the North Carolina sister? Absolutely. Okay. 100%. Okay. If you get a letter from the North Carolina sister's lawyer saying the mortgage is not being paid and you are instructed by the other tenant, the other owner to give her the rent. Mm-hmm. I think if you could prove you made the payment to either sister, you should be okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I have all my records. I have right. every single record. I, I was going to say, if you didn't care which sister got it, but if you'd rather give it to the North Carolina sister, okay, do it. Okay. You know, let's I change everything I said. Forget that I insulted both sisters. The real dog is the California sister. And just think how it will eat her liver. When she doesn't get the rent from you and you say, stick it where the sun don't shine, I paid it to your sister in North Carolina. Well, she's, she's going to knock on my door any day and she has no idea, so. So maybe she'll get a heart attack and die. I, I, <laughs> really, I got a tip for you. If she collapses from a heart attack in front of you, don't give her mouth to mouth. I absolutely wouldn't. <laughs> really, don't put a plastic bag on her head either. You know, that, that puts you in jail for that. But don't rush to call 911 either. So I can ask the North Carolina sister to send me a le- Have her lawyer, her California lawyer. Call okay. the lawyer. Say, look, I'll give it to you. You just send me a letter guaranteeing me. Here's what you say. Oh, even better. You say to the North Carolina lawyer, to the California lawyer for the sister in North Carolina, uh-huh. that you will indemnify me if the California sister tries to evict me. Indemnify. You got to cover me. Got it. Indemnify me and cover my lawyer bills if the California sister tries to evict me. She can't, but if she does, you'll cover me or indemnify me or you'll represent me. Okay. All right? Indemnify okay. me. And when you get that letter, call me back. All right? I will. We'll Thank talk you. about that. That'll cover you too. All right? <laughs> Thank you. I there you go. It. Stick around. Took me a while to figure that out, but 
You know, see how lawyers can change their mind in 30 seconds? Give me the facts. I'll adapt the opinion to fit your facts because I'm a lawyer. Stick around. We got lots more. Lent. Oh, listen to this. My next caller, $58,000. $58,000 for a one-hour Stanford emergency room visit. For $58,000, he could have enrolled and finished a year school there. Len Tillum, News Talk 910. Len Tillum, News Talk 910. I'm a lawyer. 866-536-1000. you got legal problems. I've got legal answers. I can't wait to hear from you. Jeffrey in Mountain View. Len Tillum, how come you're calling a lawyer, Jeffrey? Uh, can you hear me, Len? Loud and clear. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Um, it's a crazy story. I, I have a 22-year-old son who's a decorated Iraq War veteran, hero, uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, he's been in the VA system now for four months at Palo Alto, uh, being treated initially for P- severe PTSD, suicidal PTSD. And uh, in October, when they first admitted him for uh, the PTSD treatment, um, he within the first 24 to 48 hours he was there, he fell, uh, hitting his leg, shattered his leg, and he broke it in three places. And the VA hospital, which is, I, you know, is normally a, a very state-of-the-art facility. It's a brand new, reasonably new facility within the last 15 years. Uh, because the ER that day at the VA was impacted, and because none of the staff orthopedists were in the hospital at the time, the VA sent my son by ambulance to Stanford, which is about a three-mile ride from Palo Alto VA to Stanford, and they sent him to the ER there. Stanford held him for one hour, did nothing. They, ex- they, I don't, they didn't even x-ray him. They, they determined that he did indeed have a break. They could feel it, but they said that because he's in the VA system that he should be treated by the VA, which, of course, makes sense. So they sent him back to the VA where the next day the VA orthopedist performed surgery, putting several steel plates in his leg, which are, the, are still there four months later, obviously. He'll probably be there for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And, and I figured all is said and done. Well, last week, I get a bill. This is almost four months later. I get a bill in the mail on behalf of my son from Stanford for $58,000, and they did nothing for him and held him for one hour. Welcome to the American method of medical care. I mean, we need a government intervention. $58,000 from a Stanford Hospital emergency room. He was there an hour, and they didn't do anything. Uh. Nothing. Zero. It's all, it's all documented. They did nothing. They just simply they didn't even x-ray him. They rejected him, said back to the VA. They put him back. Right. And, and God forbid, an Iraqi war hero. I mean, this is a kid who's 22. He's got this PTSD because he probably saw a lot of horrific action there, you know. What, kind of, what, what, what did he do in Iraq? He killed a lot of people, and he saw a lot of people killed. He lost a lot of peace. He saw children blown to pieces. The kid, the kid came back a shattered mess. Yeah, and and you sent a, a functioning, well, healthy kid to Iraq, and look what comes back. He was a he was a beautiful, happy being, and he came back a mess. Yep. And this and this is how Stanford honors him by sending him a fifty-eight thousand dollar bill, and they did nothing. Right. Wait, wait till they start sending it to a collection agency and you start getting threatening letters. Okay. And where's your son now? He's still in the VA system. He's still being treated for PTSD. But the problem is now is that 
they have discharged him because they're waiting to get him into the next CSD treatment at the park, and he's in between a rock and a hard place. Because wait, wait a minute. So that means if he's not in any place, he's homeless? This war hero is homeless? He's homeless. I've had to put him up in a motel for the last week because, unfortunately, I happen to live with my girlfriend who has two young children, and we have no room for him, and she's freaked out about his PTSD and stuff. So I've got him in a motel while the, while the VA decides what they're going to do with him, and he's going to get 100% disability for life. The kid is going to be set for life and all that. But wait, wait, set for life? The disability is what, $1,400 a month? No, he's going to get 100%. He's going to get about 1000 a month for life. How much? But about 4000 a month for oh, life. Okay, all right, all right. Okay, but, but, but the, the point is, is that in the meantime, in the interim, while they're processing the, the, the disability, and now the, the Palo Alto VA has discharged him, and Menlo Park is not ready for him, the poor kid is homeless, and here he is a homeless, decorated Iraq War veteran, and he's getting hit with a bill from Stanford for $58,000. Okay, let, let's go through it. The billing at Stanford really probably didn't know he's a homeless war veteran. All they know is they want he went to the emergency room, and they send an outrageous bill. It just, And they hope your son has health insurance, because in America, how much you pay for medical treatment depends upon whether or not you have insurance and whatever deal your insurance company makes with the hospital. If the hospital was a provider in the same system as the health insurance, it's cheap. You know what I mean? Otherwise, they charge poor people who have no health insurance $58,000 for nothing. Um, right. Your son is how old? 22. Can, do you have health insurance? Because under Obamacare, you could have your son on your health insurance until he's 26. Well, he, the thing is, is he's in the VA system. He gets, he gets health then insurance. Then you have to send this bill to the VA. you got to send it to the well, VA. You know what? I, I called the VA when I got the bill. Yeah. And I said, can I, can I speak to the billing or legal department? And they said, oh, we don't have a legal department. So I explained to them what the deal is. And you know what the response from the person on the other end of the phone was? What? They said, well, tell Stanford to stick it. Uh, yeah. Tell, here's what you should do, first of all. <laughs> Who's your congressperson for your area? Uh, uh, what's her name? Um, it starts with an E. I can't think of it right now. She's, it's a woman, um, I'm drawing a blank right now. It's yeah. Like four letter, uh, four, four letter name. It starts with an E. Okay. You, I would call her office. Sometimes when a congressperson, and this is so outrageous, you've got a hero, this, this, your congressperson will pick this up and call the VA and they'll jump on it. They'll take care of it. Okay. okay. You should okay. also consider when well, your son has VA insurance. You're, you, by the way, your son, he, he's, he's judgment-proof, even if they sue him. Let me explain this. He hasn't got any money, and even if Stanford sued him and got a court judgment, they couldn't take away disability benefits. That's exempt from attachment. Right. So, um, by the way, but, how did this injury... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What's your my, question? My question, though, my question is that the VA, he was injured... Well, under the care of the VA, the VA sent him to Stanford. The VA took him back. The VA did the surgery, fixed him up physically, and they're treating him. Why isn't the VA responsible for the bill? I agree. Absolutely. That's why you should call the congressman. It's outrageous. You've got these bureaucracies. And look, the war hero, this young kid who's destroyed for life because he was serving his country in an unnecessary war that was cooked up and lied to us by the politicians. You know, we didn't have to go into Iraq. That's my opinion. I, I, I mean, they made I this agree. crap up. They faked it. You know, Bush and Cheney got together and did this stuff. And, and 
screw the kid, you know? Cannon fodder. Don't get me started on Bush and Cheney, because I will go... I can't. Those two guys are evil. Anyway, yes. that's another story. That okay. is another story. But call your congressperson. If he gets sued, I'll file an answer for, for you at no charge. I'll take care of it. Call the VA. But I think a congressperson, a politician calling up the VA and screaming will do some good. Okay. Got it? By the way, I, another thing. You're in Mountain View. It's an affluent community. Write a couple of letters to the newspaper. Name some names. Yeah, call, I, I will. Call the paper, because this is like outrageous and front-page news. It should be in a local right, paper. Right. Oh, and by the way, Sonoma County is beautiful. I agree with you. All right. Well, thank you, Jeffrey. Let me know right, what happens, okay? Right. Out. We take these young kids, these young kids, usually minorities, and we turn them into cannon fodder, and we chew them up, and they come back, and we treat them like this. Really? You heard the father. He's right. Stick around. We got more. Len Tillum, News Talk 910. Len Tillum, News Talk 910. Hold your calls. Who's got time? Will you call in at the start of the show at 3 o'clock? Much better. I'd appreciate that. Ralph in Scotts Valley. Len Tillum, Ralph, why are you calling a lawyer? Yeah, hi, Len. Um, I've got a mother who's about 72, and uh, um, earlier last year she had a fall and wound up in a skilled nursing home and then wound up staying with my wife and I for about six months until she's able to sell her townhouse and get a uh, single-story house. So I was asking, I'm talking with my mom about, well, mom, you know, because I, I had a hard time doing with the hospital. No one would talk to me. So I kind of got that all sorted out. And I was asking my mom, I said, well, do you have, a, like, a trust or something? I said, what if something bad happens? And she's completely balked at the idea of setting up any kind of trust. Uh, she says, I have an ironclad will. That, that's all I need. And, and so on. And, you know, based on what I've heard from you and what I've read, that uh, you know, if you got any kind of an estate, um, wills can be very costly, yes, and troublesome in California. Ironclad. I don't know what that means. I never heard. It. You know, I've heard the well, expression. Well, an old German lady. So. Yeah, here's the story. She owns a house, right? Yes. How much is the house worth? About half a million dollars, right? Okay. Now. And even if there's a mortgage on it, the probate is based on the gross value. Half a million dollars. Do you have cash in the bank? Uh, the house is free and clear, and she's got about fifty, sixty thousand in the bank. Your mother's ironclad will is going to earn a lawyer like me a statutory, fixed by law, probate fee of fourteen thousand dollars for a five hundred fifty thousand dollar estate. Fourteen thousand dollars. What county does she live in? Uh, in Santa Clara. In Santa Clara County, it takes two or three years to probate a will. It's a public document; everybody knows about it. The problem is, if she doesn't want to do it, there's nothing you can do. I, I mean, no. you know, really, um, how many siblings you got, brothers and sisters? I have, I have one older brother, but he basically, when she was in the nursing home, he never visited her. When she was staying with us, he never came or offered to help, nothing. He basically just asked for money and then grinded her with some money out and then left the state as soon as uh, she uh, sold her house. Does she have, oh, is he the oldest son? Years older than me. If your mother's from the old country, I guarantee her will, you should look at it, names him as the executor. The crook is the one who doesn't care. Because he's the oldest. He's the prince, you know? So she probably did a will, giving equally to both of you, and he's going to be the executor in charge of it, and who knows what he's going to do. So at least go see a copy. Will she let you see a copy of the will? Well, here's the thing. She says that I have an uh, uncle who she says, um, I think she wants him to be in charge. But she won't even, my uncle even says now, he, she won't even talk to me about it. Wait, wait, wait. If your uncle is in charge, listen to me. If your uncle's in charge, 
the lawyer gets a $14,000 statutory probate fee, and the uncle, as executor, gets another $14,000 statutory probate fee, and he does even less than the lawyer. There's thirty grand out the window. Yeah. So, and then um, if she ends up in an Everett nursing home, then they can attach her home then, right? For, no, no, no. First, she's only 72? Yeah, but she's... What's, mom, ma- what's wrong with her? What's going on there? Well, she's got, like, rain hurts in. And also, um, my wife and I think she's had uh, kind of a nervous breakdown. We kind of worry about her because my brother, I think, was very... was staying with her for probably close to 10 years. And I've even tried once to report to adult social, uh, social services because I was concerned about how he was treating my mom. So I'm kind of concerned about my mom. My mom's very frail for her age. When, when frail people... So, Usually they wind up in a nursing home, don't live forever. And she's got you who will take care of her. Um, I wouldn't worry about Medi-Cal because the $50,000 cash can be used to access. And, and, and Do you have powers of attorney or any way you can get money out of the bank accounts if you need to for her care? Well, she's doing okay now. She's on her own. But, you know, the, just the whole, the, when, the whole nursing home thing my wife and I were talking about is, you know, because we, it took a lot for us just to get doctors to finally talk to us and then, um, you know, trying to get her when she was staying at my house to get her up and walking again and getting her driving again. And, you know, the, the DMV just recently took her license away from her. So and she's trying to get her license back. So, you know, it's my wife. Look, if it, it, and, sometimes you know. they refuse to do anything. It, it, there's a lawyer named Michael Gilfix in Palo Alto who does a really good job. If you can get it to his office, he can do miracles. He does the same kind of work I do. But I'm in Sonoma. So, okay, but Michael she, Gilford? G-I-L-F-I-X. Gilfix LaPole. They're in Palo Alto. I like them a lot. Gilfix. G-I-L-F-I-X. Take her to Gilfix. Have the lawyer explain it. They can do a really good job. But if she's not going to do anything, there's not much you can do. Len Tillum, News Talk 910.